Podcast. Social climate change. The topic to right now is, um, I don't think that every kink is positive. I don't think that every kink is beneficial. Just like we have a lot of wants in this life and not all of them are good for us. We want to get drunk. We want to smoke a cigarette. Those things are known to be detrimental in some aspect or another. And so I think that sometimes in this world of of freedom and liberalism and free sex and sexual revolution and the sexual revolution i just worry about sometimes um you know people engaging in activities that do not benefit them as much as they think is does not benefit their growth as much as they think such as let me give an example just being submissive or something like that versus like dominating it's like if you always are assuming the position of someone who's submissive what do you think? Do you not think that that, that mentality is not going to bleed over into your real life? So, um, and is that this good is, or bad? I'm, I'm so glad. I'm, this is a topic that I love so much because I am an active member in the BDSM community. Awesome. Um, I so am is, too. And so wink, is my, wink. <laughs> <laughs> and so is my partner. Um, I think that, so first of all, um, in a topic of kinks and some of them not being good for us. Yes. I think that it's important to be able to explore things that aren't good for us in controlled settings. In controlled and safe settings, which is why the BDSM community uh, drills in that um, the saying of safe, sane, and consensual. So are you being safe? Is it sane and is it, consent- and is it consensual? Sane is a weird one to put sane, in there. Sane is, sane is a weird one, but I think... What um, does that even mean? Does that mean like not on drugs? Is that what they're trying to say? Yeah, and, um, and that goes into consensual as well. So Because you can't give true consent if you are under the influence. Okay, well, see, I think that... Which that, is why a lot of like... Being, which sorry. is why a lot of dungeons don't have alcohol. Like, they don't serve alcohol. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. It's also not realistic, okay? I understand that those certain places need to follow those no, rules. Yeah, but yeah, in yeah. reality, you can and be part of the BDSM community and just and love taking poppers or love getting fucked up. I think, fuck. and and like, yeah, and that's fine as long as you are with someone that you trust. Okay. Because, because again, if it's consensual, giving consent under the influence is okay if you are with somebody that you trust will take account for that consent do you, you know do you do you think though it's kind of like okay for instance there is a kink that i just found out about and it's like really it, it, it rubbed me the wrong way mm-hmm. it was a black guy who wanted to be called the n-word in bed by an older white guy mm-hmm. and i'm like that cannot be healthy for someone's head so, that cannot be healthy for someone's mental you can call it exercising one's demons or you can Mm -hmm. call it um you know it's just reaffirming a negative stereotype that they're putting on themselves that society created for them and they're just further digging into this hole that was created for them and that to me is is what that does but i think to explore that in a safe environment is perfectly acceptable because i don't think that he's letting people call him that out in real life I don't think that 
you know, people who are submissive in the bedroom might be very dominating in real life. There's a lot of people who are submissive, who, who fall into the role of a sub um, in a sub dynamic in the bedroom because they have too much power in real life. What do you see? I, How do you, you're can you, I don't get that. Statistically. I'm too powerful, just fucking, it's like, what? Yeah, statistically, the, the number of CEOs that go and see, that have dominatrixes, like statistically, more CEOs see dominatrix, go to a dungeon and see a, a professional dom. Oh my God. Then there are, you know, whatever, lackeys or whatever. That's it, lackeys, a lot that's of, crazy, yeah. I didn't know that. Well, you just brought up an interesting point that I didn't know about. Mm -hmm. So are you saying that more CEOs like to relinquish power yes. so to if you think, if get you, a load off? Yeah, if you think about it, if you spend every day of your life being in charge of other people, do you still want to be in charge of people when, you know, some people just <laughs> like to not be in charge anymore? Yo, that's some a good people, point. So, you know, if, if, if we're looking at sex as a stress reliever, then sometimes it's relieving to not have to be in charge anymore. Yeah. For those people that are always in charge. But then, you know, if you flip it on the head, um, some people that are, that put themselves in a very dominant position that are doms in bed um, are very, like, tend to be sometimes, not always, but sometimes they're more submissive when they're in the real world. Or maybe, you know, it's a power, like a lot of dominatrixes uh, dominatrix, a lot of dom, a lot of female doms, femdoms, yeah. doms, they like being in that dominant role because society has put them in the submissive role. Wow! So when they step into the bedroom and they can be the, they can they can be that dominating force. They can be in charge of a man or whoever. I uh, love when my ex would take control <laughs> of me. God yeah, damn. So, because it's reversing those positions. Some people like the reversal of that position. Sometimes. Some people, sometimes. Some people, <laughs> some people are, you know, there are plenty of CEOs that are still dominant in bed. You know, yeah. I'm not saying. But, but there are plenty that aren't. There are plenty that don't want to be. So that's, that is why the BDSM community, that's why the kink community exists, is to sort of explore those things. Explore being in those positions that you aren't normally in, or sometimes being in those positions that you're normally in, but having a say over it. Like, a lot of, um, there are a lot of people that are uh, sexual abuse survivors that like um, consensual non-consent. That's interesting. So they're like, re they're getting over their trauma by dealing with it in the bedroom. In the bedroom, because, because how does it get over your trauma? Because it's a controlled environment. Because before, when when that power was taken away from them, they didn't have a say over it. Hmm. But in the bedroom, in a kink community, in a kink setting, in a BDSM setting, they have the say because they can safe word out of it, or you know, yeah, like, yeah. so they okay. can they but, can they can end it when they want to. I totally understand that. Um, do you not think, so there's two things I gotta say, so it's like, that part I get, when you're hurt, you need to feel pain, and you need to recognize it to get over it, so it's like, if you're dealing with your trauma, and, and by feeling it even more, I do understand that, but it's, at what point does that trauma just become part of your routine, if you're constantly reliving it, didn't that trauma just create a pattern for your life, so if anything, but maybe it's not trauma anymore, 
what if we're looking at it as that trauma no longer becomes trauma? Mm, so it became a kink it just, for you. It just became, you know, something that you feel empowered by or something that, you know, you don't have as visceral of a reaction to. Like, so, for example, um, I'm super bad at feeling my feelings. I hate feeling feelings. Um, but my, so I, there's a lot of things that I don't think about because I don't want to feel those feelings associated with them. Mm. Um, but my therapist has said, if you think about those things, if you get used to thinking about those things, or if you get used to putting yourself in uncomfortable scenarios, then it won't be uncomfortable anymore. Yeah. Because eventually you'll sort of desensitize yourself to it or you'll change the way that you think about it. So survivors uh, continuously putting themselves in the, fa- in the face of that trauma, they're, they're actually in their brain reforming neural pathways on how they respond to that trauma. So That's instead of instead of being, you know, feeling enclosed or whatever, you know, with... Um, like if we're talking specifically rape survivors and consensual non-consent. So they're putting themselves in that that space of not consenting, quote unquote, not consenting anymore. But in their head, they know that they do have consent. It's totally in their power to end that situation or not. So that ends, that can end up with them feeling more empowered. It can end up with them going out to the real world and knowing that they have control over their body and they have control over who can interact with their body or not and before maybe before they entered into that um and this is talking this is something that i know from talking with people that dealt do, with their that trauma do this, by that do interacting this. with it yeah and so you know now they realize they can step out into the world and they realize like my body is mine Whereas before, before they handled it that way, before they started going about it that way, they were so afraid of anybody touching them. They were so afraid of any interaction. They were afraid of getting into a relationship with somebody because they didn't know if it was, they were afraid of consent. Okay, shoot. This is just so, uh, <laughs> that's, that's so interesting because I never really thought of it like that. Mm-hmm. To me, it wasn't... Um, new thought patterns being created to me it was oh that's just the role that i would that's just the cards i was given got to play in them Mm -hmm. that's why it's like i never really to me it's like if you want to be called like you know the n-word in bed and it's like isn't that just gonna solidify this like kind of victim mindset in you but but then um and for whatever reason but you know then we can go into so why do black people call each other the n-word yeah, because I mean, because they're reclaiming that and they're reclaiming that to not be a bad thing. Personally, I think it's really ridiculous if 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 they don't like anything of this old America, right? I don't think the thing to reclaim is that word that was called that they were called by. I don't think that there's there's a lot of things to reclaim, but to me, it's like that word is only a historical place marker for where their people were at a time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this constant revisiting in everyday life or this building, it's its almost like a community building up a fence, a mental fence around themselves, being like, no, you cannot say that word, it's our word, it's our word. It's like, okay, what did that word represent again? Why are you holding on to something that you don't like? It's like, I, what, what, like it's, I understand that they're trying to internalize it and change it, but like we've been saying all along, what if the system is just pure broken? 
What if the system oh, yeah. is just purely messed up? I don't think that we should be ascribing to anything. It really fed us, mm -hmm. including that word. That, yeah. word was used, that word was used to other. What is it doing now? It's still othering. It's still doing the same damn thing it did then. Yeah, but you, unfortunately, or fortunately, you know, however people look at it, you... Your, your My opinion, opinion is invalid. Yeah. No, it does matter. And, it's just not important. Yeah. And, and again, and just in, in, just in the conversation, you know, what we were just talking about with gender, maybe once we get to that point where they feel like they've fully reclaimed that word or they feel like, they've, they, like things have actually changed, maybe that word will just stop existing in mm -hmm. our vocabulary. But I feel like you know, right now they feel like it's important to reclaim that word and they feel like it's important to remember those things that have happened because in some way they're still happening and yeah. they're still suffering from the effects of those. My, my That's thing, not to say that in the future, if society does actually change yeah. and the system changes, that that can all go away. Because if the system changes, then we don't have to dwell in that anymore. But the system hasn't changed yet. And, the, and the, the system that's in place is a direct cause of slavery. Yeah. The system that, you know, what we have in place, the laws that we have in place are piggybacking off of slavery. Well, the so, thing is, is every single civilization known to man was started by slavery. Literally yeah. every single civilization ever. And so this is one of the first times where it's like, okay, maybe we got a chance to evolve a little bit. Um, what were we talking about before? We're talking, we're talking about, about like kinks and all. But so, so the so we'll say the 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 black man that wants to be called um, the N word by a white man. I don't think it's necessarily about the word. It's about the degradation, and degradation is a kink. What do you mean? De oh, it's like degrading. Like degrading. And some people, yeah. again, some people like to be knocked down a peg. Some people think that. Um, I mean, I jokingly say it to my partner all the time, like, if I'm talking about, um, you know, food or, like, I jokingly said it the other day because I made dinner and I didn't like dinner and I, he was, he was, I was like, how was it? And he was like, uh, and I was like, tell me it was bad, like, degrade me, tell me <laughs> it was bad. But, like, because some people, some people are okay with that. Some people either, you know, they don't take it personally or sometimes you know they think that maybe their ego is too big and they need to be knocked down a peg or some people some people have just been degraded their whole life and they do find some comfort in it they've maybe that's, that's found a way about. found a way to switch it but see it's i don't think it's necessarily that they found that that they are okay being degraded they have found a way to take that and find pleasure in it okay you know and is that bad let, let me, is let, it bad to is it bad to experience bad things in your life and find some way to make a positive out no of it? i don't think that's bad I, I think that i'm you know i'm jewish and we have and so it's like we're talking about reclaiming things and shit like that i think it's like this be careful what you want to reclaim because well, yeah it's like you know jews have been persecuted out of everywhere they've ever been but we also don't shout it. We don't, we don't, we don't, we just are. That's just who we are. The Holocaust, now you have, so it's like, we, do we need reminders of the Holocaust? Our lives are reminders of the Holocaust. The fact that there's less of us, and it's like, you know, the, some people are now trying to deny that the Holocaust ever happened. 
And I think it's like, so black people are holding on to these words and, and this, this history. And it's almost like, do you, do you really think that that history is ever going to go away? But it's, it's literally embedded into you. So it's like you're worried about people erasing history. I mean, yeah, it's but, like Jews are just... But you just made that point of some people are trying to erase the Holocaust. Some people are trying to say that the Holocaust never happened. But it's not going to work. Well, because we have historical documentation of it, but, you know, but also every time that somebody tries to say that the Holocaust doesn't happen, uh, you know, somebody posts, posts about it on Facebook and they're like, the Holocaust doesn't happen. Who jumps on that Facebook? Eventually you will find a Jew a Jewish person that'll jump on that Facebook conversation and they'll say, my grandfather su survived the Holocaust. So I know that the Holocaust happened because it's literally something that's been talked about yeah, in my family. Exactly, so I don't think, so, the, so, so nowadays, why do we need people to tote like racism by well, using that word? But that's, what I'm, but that's what I'm saying is, you know, people will try, people have tried to claim that slavery hasn't happened, that slavery didn't happen. But yeah, and then there's black people that are like, my ancestor, I literally have documentation that my ancestor was a slave. I don't know if there's many ways. I mean, okay, but there's the dumb people everywhere. So it's just well, there like, is, yeah. So, but, but I'm, but I'm, but, but, you know. but, So we're talking about oppressions and we're talking about kind of like things like that. And so one thing is, is so you're turning your oppression into a good thing. Mm -hmm. Jews were oppressed like crazy and they weren't even allowed to own land. Now, listen to this. This is Jews taking something, uh, an oppressive force in their life, turning into a good thing, but then the powers around them hated that, that they were succeeding, so they made it into a negative stereotype, such as why they're Greedy. good with money. Yeah. And I'm like, first of all, anyone in the modern century should be freaking frugal, should be good with money, should be uh, like conscious about their pocket. Anyway, so the whole thing was, is they weren't, Jews weren't allowed to own land. They weren't even allowed to own farmland. And back then, that was what people did. Mm -hmm. What could Jews do? They could handle the money. Mm -hmm. They could be bankers. They weren't allowed to own land where the good shit happened, where the good money was. No, but they were allowed to hold those, the people who made that money. They were allowed to hold their money. They were allowed to be the middle, the middlemen. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, because like you know, like then when they get run out of town, also it's important that they were that they could put all their livelihood in a in like a little sack and run away, because they had to dip. People were hating. People were trying to kill them. You can't put your whole like a cow on your back and run away if that's like your how you're going to make a living. No, but they could take their money and run away. Mm -hmm. And so then people take this this whole idea, this whole mentality that because Jews were kind of forced to be in a certain avenue in society. They took that and then they make it a negative stereotype that all oh, Jews are just greedy and they're just all oh, really like into money. It's like, dude, we yeah. had to do something. Mm -hmm. We had to do something. And you know, I, 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 I don't know. I, I just think that it's kind of like taking an, an oppressive thing, making it a good thing. And then the world is still gonna try to find a way to tear you down. Yeah, but that's not your fault. That's the world's fault. Yeah, it is, but I'm. But you see, the difference is, is like Jews. Just, I just think that you know, we 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 don't. We're we known to be resilient because we've been. We're used to getting kicked out of the party everywhere we go, mm -hmm. and so it's like, okay, fine, we'll have to throw our own party or <laughs> or something. I don't even know. I just think that there's so many oppressive forces. <laughs> I know there's and there's a lot of oppressive forces, but yeah, on back on Kings. turning that Sorry. back into like the talk of of kinks and and everything. Sometimes that oppression 
um, you know, finding power in that oppression or, you know, changing, flipping that oppression on its head. Like I said, with, um, with a lot of, with females wanting to be dominant, with, you know, women wanting to be dominant, femdoms or, you know, what have you, turning that oppression into something positive or flipping it on its head, flipping the dynamic on its head, um, is empowering for some people or you know that's what people get off on do you think it can ever be negative do you think that there is i mean just like honestly do you think that you can ever be not just on a level of sex addict but like okay maybe this is actually not good for my mental you just punched me in the face and spit on me and i don't feel good about myself afterwards and now i have a black eye it's like, okay, is that good for this person's growth as a human? Um, well, then I think, see, that's, then you have to reevaluate your kinks. So I think, like, if you get, you know, punched in the face and spit on, and afterwards you don't feel good about it, then you just don't do that again. Well, I think that, all right, personally, I... But, but a lot of people, but see, here's, and then we run into, because, like, the BDSM community is such a psychological... Yes, it is. Like playground um because then, yeah, you're destroying constructs within. well yeah so people so you get punched in the face and you know spit on some people you know people like that they like the pain because of the adrenaline rush that comes from the pain um or they like the degradation of it of being you know slapped or spit on because being spit on is seen you know is normally something that you do to someone that's below you um so they like that aspect of it it is very common for people who uh, are into more intense play, um, so you know more physical play, uh, to then have it's it's called sub drop or dom drop, both of them. That? So it is literally after after you are done. So after you have all of those chemicals in your body rushing around your body, all the dopamine, all the serotonin, the adrenaline, all of a sudden you don't have that stimulus anymore. And all of those levels go back to normal. Mm. And so when you're at a really high point and your normal is down is is lower, you feel all of a sudden really bad. You oh feel God, really like bad about ecstasy yourself. and all your shit like got out of your head. Well, I mean, yeah, you just you just feel really bad about your, yourself your, afterwards. Your minimum feels lower your because minimum, you just maximize because, your maximum. Yeah, exactly. That is, that's called sub drop or dom drop. Both can experience it because both doms and subs have those rush of chemicals Jeez. in their body when they're playing. And that is why safe, sane, and consensual, consensual is so important because you need to have somebody that you trust to be there afterwards. That's why aftercare is a thing. So when, when you're experiencing sub drop and you know, say you were just in a very intense play where they were hitting you and they were spitting on you and they were degrading you, Afterwards, your aftercare is, you know, the person afterwards is, may feel bad. They may feel, you know, are all of those things that you said about me true? Is that, you know, is that real? And it is the dominance job or the submissive job, whoever is having that, experiencing the drop, is, you know, to say, that's not the real you. That was just in this scenario. And it's not the real me who it's, just, like, Yeah, it's you. not the real you. You know, it's not the real me. I love you. I feel close to you. You know, I would never do that to you. You give massages. You go from, you know, if you were just punching the shit out of them, your aftercare is cuddling. drawing up a bubble bath oh. and cuddling and, you know, and, and massaging 
ointment into their bruises and all. So, <laughs> you know, and, and I like you're, you know, it's it's funny. No, you're, you're it's being funny honest. To, it's funny to hear about, but that's actually what aftercare is. That's actually if what you're in that do. intensive of doing. Yeah, you better you, you better know, get some you, icy hot. Yeah, like, yeah. You 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 care. You know, you do aftercare. The my normal after aftercare is you know we we clean up. So first step is clean up because I always it, it's not fun cuddling when you're sticky. Um, <sighs> But, and everybody has different aftercare. Some people, when they're in that emotional, like, down place, they don't like to be touched. Some people don't. Some people, that. you know, they don't like to be they're touched. Like, get away so, from me. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, like, I'm in you know, fight or flight yeah, mode. You've got to leave me I alone. I need to sort through these emotions myself. So, you know, so you're, so you say, okay, you know, I'll leave you alone for a little bit. I'll bring in some snacks. Uh, the most common thing, um, the most common thing is, like, giving someone chocolate afterwards. Because chocolate also uh, raises... Dopamine levels gives you the same like in your brain. Your brain thinks it is love. Yeah. So you know, so you you give someone something sweet to eat and and give them a bottle of water or Gatorade so they can replenish their fluids. You leave them alone for a little bit. You know, hey, do you want to put a movie on? It, everybody's aftercare looks different. Sometimes it's not always you know bubble bath and cuddles. Sometimes it's hey, do you want to just sit with a movie on? I always like eating something sweet afterwards and watching a movie. Have, have you ever encountered a, a possession of play where it didn't go as planned and you were trying to be dominant and you could tell that it was actually offending or kind of making the other person uncomfortable? Have you ever gone too far in your play? Um, I or have, the moments just clashed? Um, I haven't, but that is, you know, being cognizant, being aware is important in, especially if you're a dominant. I mean, the, that role as a dominant um, is paying attention to your partner is the stuff that i'm saying you know we're doing is it hitting the right way is it doing the right thing if it's not then change directions um just the other day well not the other day but you know a couple weeks ago um i was i i was biting a little bit too hard and so i got a yellow we my partner and i use the color system so the does he traffic say yellow? system yeah okay. so he says yellow so we use the traffic light system. So the torso area. Okay. <laughs> um, but you know we use the traffic light system. So green is we're good. I love this. This is awesome. Let's keep going. Yellow is, whoa, that wasn't my favorite. Change direction or slow down. Yes. So it you know like put a pause on things, reevaluate. Yeah. And red is stop. Stop right now. We are going Danger. to stop everything that we're doing, and we're going to switch right to aftercare. Oh, so okay. yeah, so session over, or session over, or at least let's take a step back and reevaluate. Yeah, I need water. You I, know, like <laughs> I <need> red. <laughs> yeah, something. You're choking me. Something bad happened. Red. I'm having bad mental thoughts, or that really hurt, or something. So let's take a step back. Let's talk about what happened, and then once we talk about what happened we can reevaluate if we want to keep playing or if we just want to switch to aftercare. Why do you think that some people are into pain? Um, I don't even know why I am myself, but I, to, yeah, a, to a degree, I, know. It's, it's I am difficult. too. Yeah, it's, it's, I, as a true masochist, which is very difficult being, because I am a dominant, I don't really like being in a submissive position, but being, but I am a true masochist. Masochist means you like inflicting or feeling. Feeling. You like to feel pain. I like feeling pain. Um, I mean, I don't have a problem inflicting it either. But uh, so strange. One hundred percent. The most intense encounters I've had have been 
where there has been a lot of pain involved. Oh my god. Um, also specifically because I have a high pain tolerance. Wait, so, so that means that you were sexually into it. Okay, hold on, there's a good Um, pain than oh, being yeah. a masochist. Oh god, so um, masochist means you like pain. Satan, oh wait, sadist. Satanist. No. Not a Satanist. A sadist. A sadist means that you, you like, like inflicting it, and you say that you're a dom, and you say you're asexual. So I'm really confused by what's being said. <laughs> well, okay, so again, so you said your most intense play sessions, you experience a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. Now, how is that not on a sexuality spectrum that you were experiencing some so, sexuality? So again, this is it's an old topic. Like, I know. Yeah, but. this is I'm not. So, so sexuality is specifically referring to people. So, like, I am not sexually attracted to anybody. Well, it's bestiality. That's not a person. You're attracted to well, or, like, so attraction towards. I know. Yeah. You but, can be a beast. You can be into fucking and, Yeah, uh, yeah, I understand. But I'm saying, <laughs> so, like, that means an attraction towards. Being asexual doesn't mean that I can't have sex. It also doesn't mean that I don't feel pleasure. Oh, I do. You just don't feel attracted to other people. Yeah. That's okay, all it but means. you'll but so that's you, all it but means. you'll do what you have to do is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I mean I like get there that. are things that I like just like I said like being, you know, I get horny and I get myself off. So obviously I feel pleasure and I feel pleasure, you know, if uh, if somebody else's I've felt pleasure with other people, but I've just it's not been because of that person. Yeah. I mean it's been because of what they're doing to me, but it's not because I of who that person. It was person because is. of that person because you love their brain. Well, yeah, but like the physical sensation. Okay. So like when we're having sex, I mean, I feel comfortable being with somebody. Okay. So wait, we're talking about kinks and preference and shit like that. Is bestiality a preference? Is that even a sexual orientation? Um, I mean, I think people are um People are get attracted to the idea of having sex with something that is not their own species. Well, it's all, yeah, it's also a control thing. Well, yeah, You're and in and control. and you truly you can't truly consent with an animal. I think is where a lot of at least where a lot of people in the BDSM community run into issues with bestiality is a. An animal cannot talk and give you consent, mm -hmm. like I give mean, you verbal consent. Th that's also the same idea about like kind of uh, what's it called, pedophilia and mm -hmm. kids and shit like that. It's like they actually cannot give proper consent because, because they don't know because their brain isn't yeah. isn't evolved enough. Exactly. That's why I, I, I that's why I, I think but, that all the sexuality things are preferences because bestiality and pedophilia to me are part of it. It's a preference and it's not. It doesn't mean it's a good one. You can prefer to do a lot of bad things but, it just doesn't mean that you have to do it but people explore those things in kink so that's well, like why child play yeah. like like dressing up yeah. as a baby or something yeah there's tons of people that do that and bestiality there's tons of there's puppy furries, play yeah yeah pu furries you know so you think uh, it's a healthy way play. it's a healthy way to accentuate like the negative parts of ourselves i not accentuate explore okay i think you know you can because having sex with a kid is bad yes that's bad but you i think can explore the themes of that in a healthy and sane and consensual way with a consenting adult that's interesting you know with a consenting adult like 
it, you know, if you're, if you want somebody that has, like, a more childish approach to things, and there are people who will, who like reverting to, to a younger age. Mm-hmm. You know, when with, during with, sex, yeah. You know, during sex. Well, it adds to the submissive role. Yeah, it adds to the submissive role. It's so rarely like, a dom who's like, I'm going to play a baby. That's weird. Well, yeah, but, and, and, you know, so you have, like, you're feeding into that dynamic of, you know, dom-sub and, and, and all of that. And um, and sometimes it doesn't necessarily have to be like that either. There's plenty caregiver and little. It doesn't always have to be a sexual play. There's plenty of people who um, want to revert back into a childlike state because maybe they were forced to grow up too fast. Mm. And so they like sitting around and coloring and sucking on a binky and then there's people who like taking care of people like that and so they like being the provider they like you know okay you can sit there and you can color and you can suck on your binky and when you're done suck on the dick no okay well no and you know and <laughs> like some people do think of it sexually but then other people are like you know i'll get you juice boxes and i'll take care of you and it doesn't have to be sexual at all it's sort of like a parent child relationship but with somebody that you know you that you're, you're both adults. I think it's really interesting that it's like, you know, we come, we, we used to suck our thumbs and like binkies and all this. So it's like, sucking dick is actually a very normal freaking want in the human. If that's what we've been reared to kind of be into is like things in our mouth to feel, to feel comfort, like a mom's titty or something. It's like, as you grow up, your mouth is going to expand. And so it's probably going to give you a very similar, it's probably going to give you a similar sensation to something very uh, primal and, and nurturing. I think, well, that, but, I mean, there's people that have oral fixation. That's, like, what an oral fixation is, is, uh, you know, people like having things in their mouth because it makes them feel safe mm-hmm. and, and comforting. Because it takes them back, yeah. like, you know, not in their mind. They may not really think that it's going back to that. You know, they may not equate those two things. But that is sort of, it's giving that same feeling as it did when you were a child i think it's really similar like when you explained you explained like um people have foot fetishes because in the womb um your genitals and your feet develop close to each other yeah and so yeah and so like because you're curled up in a ball so your genitals and your feet are growing at the same time well and not necessarily grown at the same time but what happens is when your brain is developing neural connections it's when when your brain is starting to path out the parts of your body so your brain is starting to say okay this is my genitals this is my feet this is my head this is my hands yeah when your brain is starting to map those things out because your feet and genitals are so close together they get mapped as the same thing that's so weird so many foot fetishes aren't as unnatural as it sounds exactly well you know it I don't think any fetish is unnatural. I think it's just there's a reason for everything. Yeah. And that's a reason for a foot fetish. And, you know, so it's like that makes sense. That may, you know, that makes logical sense as to why people have experienced that. Because some people, sometimes their brains don't ever correct that neural pathway. They don't correct it later and say, okay, no, there is a difference between your genitals and your feet. <laughs> Some people still have that, you know, that they're, they're still thinking the same thing or their brain is still thinking the same thing. And that's why they experience arousal through that avenue. Jeez. I think it's also a thought process because you're like interacting with your, with your emotions through an activity of sex. 
So it's like we're talking about the kink community dealing with maybe internalized oppression, just kind of overall unhappiness. They're dealing with their inner problems in that sort of way. Hold on one second. What I was going to say is like um, violent video games, mm -hmm. okay? Let's take Grand Theft Auto for, for instance. Do you think that Grand Theft Auto helps people relinquish their aggression by being aggressive inside this virtual world? Mm -hmm. So you think it helps? I think... You don't think it'll influence kids to go do that outside in the real world? Or people? Adults? Pe people have been aggressive and violent and have been killing people far before there was video games. It's probably the first activity we've done. and it's Well, I mean, <laughs> if you believe the Bible, yes, it was, was one of the first activities that we ever did. Because Cain and, you know, Cain and Abel and all that good so, shit. So, like, you could argue the first one that we ever did was sex, and the second one that we ever did was murder. Oh, it's a good time being human. <laughs> so, you know, but I think that, it, I, I don't think that it, it influences anything, because I think that media, media influences the world, but it's also a direct reflection of the world. So... All of these people that are like, media is so violent these days, or media is so gay. There's so many gay people in media these days. Well, that's because there's gay people. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, so I think. Yeah, there's in, a straight agenda. So, so I think, no. but I, I, it's kind of like a circle. So it, it's this cyclical give and take thing. So media reflects the world. The only reason I brought up video games was because you were talking about how people would deal with their trauma in these, like, in BDSM communities and th through play. Mm -hmm. And it makes me wonder if that's kind of like, you know, if that's what video games kind of does, is like, mm -hmm. lets people deal with their trauma out inwardly, but outwardly in some virtual playground. Video games, art, stories. So there's this huge, right now, um, there's a lot of discussion over uh, fan fiction on Twitter. So, fan, Interesting. You, do you know what fan fiction is? It's kind of like when there's like a favorite, like Harry Potter, but then people are like, oh no, she stopped writing books, let's just write our own versions. Yeah. I mean, not even that. Some people write fan fiction actively while the show is going on. Huh. Like it's, so it's using the characters of a show to sort of make your own story. Um, whether that's, whether that story is canonical, so whether it's Harry Potter characters in the Harry Potter universe, or whether it's like taking the Harry Potter characters and putting them in regular college. Okay. So, you know, some people, it, it's just writing a story, but using characters that already exist. All right. Is what fan fiction is. Well, there's a lot of um, talk in the fan fiction community about, um, you know, is it okay writing, writing fan fiction that has rape in it, or writing fan fiction that has, um, you know, bestiality or, you know, whatever. Uh, writing fan fiction that has darker themes. Is that okay? Is that Who's okay? Who's asking the question, yeah. is that okay? Uh, a lot of younger people, actually. A lot of, like, Gen Z. A lot of the, like, younger people that are just starting to get into it. it, it because we've done this thing where we've, like, told them that all of these things are bad. And then they start seeing these things in like media and they're like well it's bad it's bad that we you have that we were you, we were taught that rape is bad and you have rape in your book and that's bad and it's triggering and it's like yeah but like trigger warnings exist <laughs> <laughs> but also you know expression exists expression expression 
it's okay for these writers to deal with their trauma through writing it. Yeah. It's that's okay. That's a healthy way to express your trauma. I agree. And and you know, just like yeah, with video games and whatever, it's it, it's healthy. It's a perfectly healthy way to express these things and to engage in these things without actually harming anybody. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're shooting up a little pixelated character on a computer screen or on a TV screen. You're not going outside and actually doing that to real people. Yeah. That's and, the important thing. And I think it's, it's like, look at who those real shooters are. Mass shooters are like yeah. freaking and white guys who probably cared more about a lot of other things besides violent video games. And 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 if if somebody who is violent plays a violent video game and then thinks that it's okay to go outside and shoot real people, that's a fault of their parents They're not raising them. Just dumb. That's or yeah, or that's just a fault. That person already had things wrong <laughs> yes. in, in their head. Yes. Because normal people can play a video game and not think that it's okay to go out and shoot people. Yeah, and it's kind of like, know? wow, that felt good. I wonder what the real thing was like. Yeah. So, so if they already had those thoughts in their head, a video game's not changing that. I agree with you that. You know, a video I games, agree. like, so. Um, but what I was starting to say with media affecting, like media and the real world being this cyclical thing. Yeah, does art reflect is, reality or does reality reflect art? Yeah, it's, it's kind of both. both. Both, because you see, you know, there's an influx of gay characters in media now. So shows have a lot more gay characters or, you know, people of color or anything like that. That's because of there's more gay people that are out and proud. So it's reflecting the world as we see it. You know, it's not as bad to be gay now, so having gay people in in shows is okay. Yeah, but, but then you have the people that are like, my daughter saw a gay person on a show and now she's gay. So all this media is affecting people. And that's true, but that's because they're showing, it's showing people, it's destigmatizing that for people. I think it's yes and no. I think that, you know, media does a lot of things. I think it shows us about ourselves, but I think that it's rare that you're going to have a, um, uh, unbiased, like an unbiased work of art. Because well, yeah. at some point, that artist is giving their opinion. Mm-hmm. They're giving their, 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 their consensus on this issue. They're also shedding light on it. So it's like, what I'm trying to say is, as much as, like, we would like to think that art is pure. There's always intention behind it. There is. So it's like, to a, to a degree, yes, it's only it's a reflection. But at the same time, sometimes these medias are are because they know its power. Yeah. They know that people are like telling it. They're mm-hmm. they're looking at media to tell it about it ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it's like if people wanted to manipulate the media, which that's what everyone's which worried about. Do, yeah. They're worried about people manipulating media and like putting in like certain messages to gear society towards certain things. It makes sense why people are upset, but it's also but they have to think about what was what was geared towards them when they were younger. That what, a or, straight agenda was geared towards them. Yeah, that or yeah, exactly. So a straight agenda was geared towards them, and so they thought that it was bad to be gay. Now we have gay people in in media, and kids are seeing that it's okay to be gay. And so it's okay, so they start questioning themselves. I think all media can be good or bad if you don't think critically about yeah. it. If nothing you do is not, the gospel. You have yeah, to nothing's, nothing's the gospel, nothing's black and white. If you look at these things and you think critically about it, the reason why 
you know, this media, the people who stop at, okay, well, this show said that it was okay, and so it's okay. Mm. Those people aren't critical thinkers. You're going to have a terrible time you know, if you're looking to someone else to tell you what it, to do. Yeah, so, oh, Fox News said that this was okay, so that's what I'm going to believe in. Ah. And so you're not thinking, if you're not taking in other forms of media, then you're always going, or, and you're not thinking critically about the media that you consume, then you're going to stay stuck you're going to think that the media, this media is influencing these people. Well, the news totally does do that. It does. So, it does. so that's different If you than don't art. consume, it's not. But people are, but, 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 are, but, but, are putting their narrative on they, it. They are. They are. But the thing is, if you take in enough media, so if you don't watch only one news site, so, you know, if I watch CNN and I watch Fox and I watch... Um, the uh, Associated Press. If I watch all of those, so CNN has a very liberal bias. They are very, you know, they're very liberal. Fox has a very conservative bias. Associated Press is normally in the middle. So if you take in a whole bunch of different news sites, you get a well-rounded picture of the story. It's when you only stay with one thing that you start, like, that you start losing that ability to think critically to think critically and even then even if i'm taking in all of these news sites take I it with to, a grain of salt exactly i have to still think i still have to sit there and think critically on you know what was what was the situation was happening you know i still have to think critically on the situation i still have to realize that news sites are going to have a bias and there is no way that I am actually going to know exactly what happened in that situation totally. if I wasn't physically standing there myself. No, I mean, that's a good point. So, so if you're not thinking critically about the media that you consume, then you're doomed to just be a fucking idiot. Well, the problem is, is when <laughs> news like kind of omits, they omit a yeah. lot of things within their stories. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I need to bring this up. It's like, George Floyd, I found out just a month ago that this guy went to jail, went to prison, did time because he robbed a pregnant woman by putting a gun to her stomach. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Yeah. He did that. Did he deserve to die the way that he did? No. no. But I am just saying that like the media portrayed him as this certain character, which he wasn't. Yeah. And 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 I think that you're only as strong as but, your weakest link. So I I understand if we're still if we still I'm not saying that it's a good thing he died. I still don't think it's great that yeah. we're holding his name to high regard. But we have to understand that that just because his name is on a poster doesn't mean he he's he, a good he's, person. He, yeah, it doesn't mean he's a good person. And that's fine. But the thing is, I mean, yes, the media spun that like the media spun him into being like this exalted person when he wasn't. But also, hold on one second, George. So. I think, so yes, the media did definitely exalt him to this position where people, you know, where it made him out to be a much better person than he actually was in real life. But I also think that not telling people that he, you know, was arrested or whatever, that didn't apply to the story at all. You're right. You know, so them omitting that. It, there's like because we walk this tricky tricky line of, You're right. are we omitting information that's actually important you know or are we just spinning the story a different way because yeah. because they were they were spinning the story into again he was 
definitely made out to be a much better person than he actually was. But all of the stuff that he did in his life did not that did not equate to him being killed the way that he was. Mm-hmm. You know. Agreed. So so do they does all of that backstory really relate to his death? Does it matter? Does it matter? No. But also the media shouldn't have made him out to be like he was, you know, this fantastic guy who was super amazing because people then thought that he was just a martyr and he wasn't i mean he was a martyr but he's not necessarily like yeah it the the what happened to his persona like the, the his persona in the media was so much more than it should have been and i think that's where we run into this issue of um, it's not necessarily see the thing is is was the media doing that to spin the story or was the media doing that like was that happening because people are incapable of viewing people as how am I try how am I trying to word this I think the problem here is is that everybody thinks that the the antithesis of a bad person who deserves to die is a good person who doesn't deserve to die. Who deserves to live. (laughs) Who deserves to live. Okay. You know? So I think that because people would have seen if he had done all these crimes, people will be like, well, he deserved to die. He didn't deserve to die. Did Hitler deserve to die? And I think that that's that's a very interesting point. It's like, at what point do our actions dictate um, what should happen to us? Yeah. So it's like, no, he didn't deserve... Uh, George Floyd did not deserve to die the way that he did. Yeah. But it's also like, so why are people make exceptions? They make exceptions. Yeah. Like, it's like, why now people are like, yo, fuck Hitler. Like, no. Yeah. And it's just like, so why did Hitler deserve to die then? Yeah. Because he committed genocide? Okay. Well, uh, depending on what level you're looking at things, there's good in, you know? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think, well, I mean, it, then we go into, I mean, because Hitler by some accounts committed suicide so you know he i don't think but there that, was so much intelligence that was curated yeah. during his reign mm-hmm. because he was forcing people to be productive in his manner yeah look we have a lot of technology because of him we do and i think so yeah i run into we run into this issue of well how i think i don't agree with the death penalty because i i ultimately think that <sighs> Nobody has the say over anybody's death besides that person. Even if that person had the say over someone else's life, let's say, like they killed a person. I mean, they forced that. They forced that decision on that person. So, I think that. You don't think they should die by their own hand? No. I think that if they want to commit suicide, that's their own issue. Okay, wait, what I don't think. Kings, what the fuck? I know. I don't think that anybody else should kill. Okay. I think we're all, we're done with this one. <laughs> well, we're gonna say goodbye. Hold on. To be like a, uh, like I lost my train of thought. We both lost our trains of thought, but something about king sex, race. I don't even know. Bye, guys. <laughs>